Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to Langrant Holy Land's I-70 football show, where we discuss the entire Big Ten from Rutgers to Ohio State. You can catch us every Monday breaking down the major games, storylines, and previewing the next week's slate. If you love the Big Ten, pack a bag, jump in the car, and enjoy the ride. As always, I am your host, Jordan Williams. Um, today is a special, um, or awkward, depending on how you view it, um, version of the I-70 football show. It is going to be my first ever and hopefully only solo show as my co-host Dante has decided to go on vacation. Um, If you want to know, yes, I did take it personally that he decided to go on vacation, mainly because I was supposed to go on said vacation too um, and was not able to go. So yes, I'm taking it personally. Yes, he left me stranded on the show by myself um, and we're going to keep it pushing. So um, in this show, uh, it's going to be a lot shorter than normal because I'm not going to sit on here for an hour and 30 minutes talking to myself. So we may not get into topics as deeply as we normally would. Um, And also, you know, I don't have anyone to keep me honest or tell me that I'm being stupid. So I apologize in advance for any ridiculous takes, but we're going to do it. So it was a it was a big week in college football. Um, I won't say it was a big week in the Big Ten. Um, this was mainly by game week in the Big Ten. Most of the most of the Big Ten teams were playing teams that they should have won and needed to win. Uh, some of the Big Ten teams, unless you know me and Dante are entirely wrong, which we could be. We've been wrong so far. Uh, some of these teams, this could be some of their only wins. So. It wasn't a super, super exciting week. I think we touched on that last week on the episode, but there were still some good games. Um, Unfortunately, some of those good games weren't in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, we had Notre Dame almost losing. Um, We had Texas A&M almost losing. We had um, another team almost losing, all three of them ranked um, and needing a last-second touchdown to win. we had a bunch of upsets in the top 25. So overall, it was a good week. Um, and that's typically how it goes when you expect it to be a boring week, when you expect it to kind of just happen and you expect all the good teams to win and blow everyone out. That's always when you get your upsets. That's always when you have your best week of football. And similar to last week, when you have all the big games, you know, all the the ranked opponents and that kind of stuff, that's when you get games like, Penn State versus Wisconsin or Georgia versus Auburn, um, Georgia versus Clemson. So it was a great week of college football. Um, If you can tell, I'm kind of uh, avoiding the real topic of this week, which is Ohio State losing to Oregon. Um, Ohio State lost 35-28 to Oregon in a game that really didn't seem to be as close to the final score as it was. I described this game to my co-host as, you know, it felt like a Big Ten game in the sense that, you know, a lot of times when Ohio State plays Wisconsin or Northwestern or Penn State, the game feels like this where it's like, yeah, the final score is close, right? There have been multiple Ohio State-Penn State games where the final score was one or two points or um, there's been multiple Big Ten championship games where Northwestern and Wisconsin feel like they have a chance to win. 
Um, but then you, when you really watch the game and you really, you know, uh, are in the moment, it doesn't actually feel like they're going to win. Like the score may be close. Uh, they may, you know, mount a comeback, anything like that. But Ohio State in this instance never really feels out of control. And that's really how it felt with Oregon. You know, Ohio State mounted a comeback. You know, they were, they had two possessions in the fourth quarter with a chance to tie the game. Their horrible, horrible defense uh, actually got a couple of stops in the fourth quarter. So it's, you know, if you capitalize on those two chances, you're actually winning. But it never actually felt like Ohio State had a shot. It never really felt like they were going to win the game. And partially, it's because of Ohio State's linebackers. Um, anytime Oregon needed something, and literally anytime they needed something, they just put the linebackers in the blender, whether that was running outside or whether that was doing some sort of RPO. And it was very clear that the linebackers did not know what to do, did not know where they were supposed to be, and did not know fundamentals, which is really an overarching problem of the entire Ohio State's defense. Um, I'm actually going to be writing an article doing a deep dive on their defense and some of the problems and how to fix it. In my Big Thoughts article, I spent three or four of my thoughts talking about this defense and ultimately the fact that Ryan Day just needs to fire the all entire defensive staff, except Larry Johnson. Um, if we're being honest and we're being critical, Larry Johnson's defensive line hasn't performed like it normally does, but I don't think that's really a case for him to be fired. Um, I mean, I think he has enough cachet that if anything, he would retire before he was fired. And I think we, you give him a little bit of slack, but the rest of it, the rest of it is bad. Um, it's really bad. The linebackers, again, don't know what they're doing. They're not lining up correctly. Uh, they're not communicating. They're not setting the edge. They're not filling, not reading the run. I mean, there was multiple plays where you could tell that their eyes were in the backfield and they weren't reading their keys. Uh, anyone who's ever played football or knows football or has anyone close enough to them that played football, that they picked up them some things. And obviously, I'm guessing you like football if you're listening to this podcast. You know that coaches tell you in like when you're like seven to watch the offensive linemen. They are going to tell you where the play goes. If they down block, you feel this way. If they combo block, you feel this way. Um, if someone pulls, the, the play is going in the direction of the pooler. Um, they tell you to look for high hats. High hats show that it's going to be a pass. A low hat shows you it's going to be a run. Like there are so many keys and it all starts from looking at the offensive line. Um, another one of their biggest issues, um, they allowed a touchdown on the same play three different times. And some of that biggest issue is it, it's clear because I just don't believe you know, that the players are this bad. So it's clear they're not being taught certain things. And so when you watch, you know, the clips or watch the film, it's very clear that the corners or the inside DB, whether that is a cover safety or a third uh, corner, they're not being taught to look at the line of scrimmage. Um, if you don't know this, when you are inside, you're not on the outside, whether you're a safety, corner, whatever. Even if you're in man coverage, your first read is still the offensive tackle because you have to know if it's run or pass. Because if it's run, typically that outside defender, it is your job to set the edge. It is not the linebacker's job to set the edge. Um, it is yours and the defensive end's job to set the edge. In some defenses, in some cases, it is the linebacker's job to set the edge. You know, I, I don't want to speak in absolutes, but ultimately – it is always your job to know if it's run or pass. Even in man coverage, if it is pass, you have time to look at the tackle, see that it's pass, get your eyes to the wide receiver and put your hands on him and then play man coverage. Um, outside DBs don't necessarily do that, especially sometimes in man or in certain techniques because they bail and that kind of stuff. But everyone needs to know if it's run or pass. That is not happening with Ohio State's defense. And it is very clear um, their offense is fine for the most part. I mean, 
They scored 28 points. C.J. Stroud threw for 484 yards. They couldn't run, which is surprising. Their offensive line up until the fourth quarter was really, really good at pass blocking, but they were not really getting run blocking. Um, And I think a part of that was really Oregon's good on defense, and some of it was them, you know, selling out to defend the run, which is – technically smart when you have a young quarterback. I won't say it's smart when you have two of the best wide receivers in the NFL and two of the best wide receivers in college football who are going to the NFL. But in general, with a young quarterback, it is typically kind of smart to let them beat you themselves. So they couldn't run well. They could pass block for the most part, except the fourth quarter where they gave up like two sacks, I believe, which really sealed the game. Um, So that was weird. Um, But the offense, for the most part, is fine. Uh, I wrote in my article that C.J. Stroud is a superstar in the making because you see it. You see him putting the the pieces together. You see him, you know, figuring it out. Uh, He starts – he still starts out the game a little bit nervous. But, again, he's young. This is his first game in Ohio Stadium. Um, The Ohio Stadium is number three or number four biggest stadium in college football as far as capacity. It holds 102 or 103,000. There was 100,000 something there. So it's his first time playing in front of 100,000 people. It's kind of, you know, acceptable to be a little bit nervous. Um, But also, you do have to be critical of everything. He did miss some some key passes. One of them uh, was a wide open touchdown to Garrett Wilson that would have, um, I believe, tied the game. And they ended up not scoring on that drive because he missed that. And then there was a penalty. And then they were in third and long. The coaching decisions especially on second down the play calling on second down was really really bad and so um the drive stalled I think they got stopped on fourth down which happened three times I think they were two for five on fourth down so all in all Ohio State lost um if you're an Ohio State fan listening to this you should definitely be worried especially about the defense um they have a lot of stuff that they need to fix but at the end of the day if you're going to take a loss, you do want to take it to a ranked team. Oregon is number 12 at this point, but also the ranking when you lose doesn't matter. The ranking at the end of the season matters. And if Oregon keeps playing like this, there's a very good chance that they're going to be in the playoffs. So if you're an Ohio State fan, you want Oregon to be really good. And then you want Clemson or Oklahoma to have a loss and a worse loss than what you have. Um, so then if you win the big 10 at 11 and one, 12 and one, if with a win, uh, you can still make the playoffs. But speaking of winning the big 10, that is not a guarantee because in my opinion, the best team in the big 10 is Iowa. Iowa clearly is the best team in the big 10 and you can speak on all of the Ohio state has, better talent. Ohio State has this. Ohio State have that. They're faster. They're stronger. They're bigger, whatever you want to say. But none of that matters if you're not well coached. Um, And none of that matters if you are not playing well. And none of that matters on the field. Um, You could say Ohio State had all of those advantages against Oregon and they still lost. Well, what do we know about Iowa? We know that Iowa dominated two separate opponents. Um, We know that Iowa dominated an Indiana team who, hey, maybe they're not as good as we thought they were, but we don't know that. They've only played one good team, and then in the Big Ten bye week, they dominated um, UConn, which who doesn't dominate UConn? So we don't really know what Indiana is yet. Um, But either way, Indiana was and is ranked, and they dominated Indiana. Um, And then they move up to number nine, which I got yelled at in my mentions for saying that they should be higher than number nine. I'm really high on Cincinnati. I'm very low on Notre Dame. But my point was Iowa beat a ranked team. They beat a ranked Indiana team. Notre Dame almost lost to Florida State. Um, And Cincinnati played a scrub. So there was no reason that Iowa should not have been ranked higher in both of those teams uh, because they have a ranked win and rankings are supposed to be on what happened that week. We all know that doesn't happen. We all know rankings um, start with the preseason ranking and they start with how people feel about the team and all that kind of stuff, which is how Clemson 
is still in the top five after their loss to Georgia because people are high on Clemson. They like Clemson, so they're not going to drop Clemson that far. Whatever. Um, But all Iowa did is go into Ames, Iowa, which is where Iowa State is located, and beat their rival 27-20. to Iowa State was a number nine ranked team. That is the first time in the history of that rivalry that both teams were ranked. And again, they were ranked in the top 10. Iowa was number 10. Iowa State was number nine. So um, Iowa went in and they won in Iowa fashion. Um, It wasn't always pretty on offense, but it didn't need to be when they uh, forced four takeaways. Um, And that brings a question that I ask is, you know, can you teach takeaways? No one really knows the answer, but we know that Iowa's really good at takeaways so far. Um, They had three interceptions. Uh, They had another DB who had uh, two interceptions. I'm not sure if he was nervous or if he was inspired by his teammate, Riley Moss, uh, but he said, anything you can do, I can do as well. I can do as well. The real saying is anything he can do, I can do better, but he didn't do it better because Riley Moss's both went for pick sixes. His did not go for pick sixes, but they were still interceptions nonetheless. Um, that brings Iowa's total to six interceptions and one fumble in two games. Uh, they also have three defensive touchdowns as that fumble went for was returned for a touchdown. So they have two pick sixes and a fumble returned for a touchdown out of seven total takeaways. Um, that's ridiculous. I mean, there's really nothing else you can say. They scored 20 of their 27 points off of turnover. And whether you trust the offense or not, it doesn't really matter when they're in short fields, right? Um, if you only have 20 or 30 yards to go for a touchdown, the likelihood of you getting that touchdown is significantly higher, or you can just kick a field goal. Uh, if you have field position matters in football, if you don't have the greatest offense and you have to drive 90 yards, you're most likely not going to score. Like that's kind of self-explanatory. So who knows how good Iowa is long-term, but they're the only team in the country who has two ranked wins. They have a dominant defense. Um, they have a good enough offense and they beat everyone that they faced. So as of right now, Iowa is the best team in the Big Ten. Who knows if they'll beat Ohio State? That's not the question we need to ask. They don't play each other in the regular season. Um, And that's really definitely not what Ohio State needs to be worried about. They need to be worried about their defense. Um, They need to be looking at Iowa's defensive coordinator and asking, hey, does he play with four down linemen? Does he know that defense? Uh, Does he like Iowa Can we pay him more? Um, Because that's someone that maybe they should look at stealing in this offseason if they follow what I'm saying and fire everyone. Because it doesn't matter what your offense can do. Um, If I tell you their offensive stats, you know, if I say that your quarterback throws for 484 yards and three touchdowns, If I tell you that you have three separate wide receivers over 120 yards, you think that's a win. Well, their defense was so bad that they didn't win. And that's really what they should be focused on and getting that fixed. Because otherwise, if they if they don't get that fixed, they're not even going to get a chance to face Iowa in the Big Ten champion in the Big Ten championship game. Um, there were obviously other games, and so I'm going to just run down them quickly, but I really don't have too much to say about them because it was bye week. Um, and if you don't know what bye week is, bye week is when you buy a win. It is when you give uh, money to a lesser program, which really funds their entire department, and uh, you get an easy win. Now, we're not going to spend time uh, discussing the value of buy games as I'm talking to myself. I'm talking about discussing, but who am I discussing with? I'm talking to myself and hopefully you're listening. So um, I'm not going to spend time talking about the uh, validity of buy games or if it's a waste of money. Um, there's a chance that buy games go away with the 12 team playoff. But as of right now, buy games still exist and teams pay for easy wins and that funds the department. So uh, me and Dante said last week that the Big Ten should go 14-0 and this week. We were close. They went 12-2. and Obviously, you won an Ohio State win as the flagship program. Um, the only team that lost is Illinois. And, uh, well, 
Illinois played Virginia. Illinois is the only other team outside of Ohio State and Iowa who did not play a bye game. And I really just don't understand if you're Illinois, why you're scheduling Virginia when the Mac exists. Uh, You could have been playing Bowling Green and looked like Superman for a week. So Illinois loses to Virginia 42-14. Michigan State beats Youngstown State 42-14. Minnesota ekes out a close one against Miami of Ohio 31-26. Miami of Ohio is a better team than people realize, but Minnesota probably shouldn't be in a five-point game with them, especially with the way that they played Ohio State. But you can't underestimate the loss of Mo Ibrahim, so maybe they're just trying to figure out their offense. Um, Northwestern beats Indiana State 24-6. Rutgers beats Syracuse uh, 17-7, which is kind of surprising. Um, Not the win, just that they only scored 17 points because Syracuse is not very good. Um, Purdue uh, blows out UConn 49-0. And honestly, there's a chance that Purdue doesn't score 49 points in their Big Ten schedule. So, Scoring 49 points really speaks to the state of where uh, UConn is as a program. That's not really, I'm not really sure that's something I would take um, into consideration of how good Purdue is or can be. Um, UConn's coach tried to retire. I believe they wouldn't let him retire, so he just stepped down. So UConn is not doing well. Um, Penn State gets their offense righted against Ball State 44-13. to um, Nebraska beats Buffalo 28-3. to um, And honestly, Nebraska's lucky that this game was 28-3 to because even though I'm talking to myself, I would have had some fiery things to say about Nebraska uh, if they could only win by like 11 points. And for most of that game, uh, the score was 14-3, to and Buffalo looked like they had a chance that, you know, that they could, you know, get close and potentially win. So Nebraska finally figures it out, but scoring 28 points on this Buffalo team when their ex-coach Lance Leopold is at Kansas with all of his staff and all of their playmakers are either at Kansas or in the NFL is not really a great sign. I don't know that I'd be super excited about the Nebraska offense. Um, As we already talked about, Iowa defeated Iowa State 27-17. Wisconsin beats Eastern Michigan 34-7. A directional Michigan team is very good for your health. Um, I I suggest that the doctor prescribe a a directional Michigan team if anyone is in need of a win. Indiana beats Idaho 56-14. So, by game week is good. Um, As you remember, uh, Wisconsin and Penn State did not look too well last week, neither did Indiana. All of their offenses looked really, really bad. Uh, well, Penn State put up 44 points, Wisconsin put up 34, and Indiana put up 56. Um, playing by games is good for your health. may not be good for your budget, um, may not be good for a competitive advantage of getting into the playoffs, um, but it is good to correct some mistakes, which going back to Ohio State, they play Tulsa and Akron next. They really need these games to correct some mistakes because, again, I don't know how many times I can say it. Their defense is really, really bad. Um, so Michigan beat Washington 31-10. This is a weird game to watch because Michigan was dominant. Um, their defense was really, really good. And I know some people will say, well, hey, you don't know if a defense is good um, until they play a good team. Well, someone I don't remember who on Twitter made the point that you may not know how good a defense is until they play a good team, but you notice trends that are positive. You notice, are they reading their keys right? Are they filling the right gaps? Are they hustling? Are they playing hard? Um, Are they getting beaten coverage or is the coverage, you know, relatively well, that kind of stuff. And for the most part, Michigan looked pretty good on defense. Um, I am a proponent that a three down lineman in college football is the worst thing ever, but their their DC Michael McDonald or something like that um, brought a three, four defense to, um, Michigan, and it's working. Um, Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. He is legit. He makes me very sad as an Ohio State fan because he reminds me of the Bosa's and the Chase Young's. Um, 
I mean, he ha- I mean, he wears 97. And granted, he wears 97 because of his dad. I found that out thanks to the broadcast. But come on. Uh, a six-foot whatever, 200-whatever pound uh, D-end, uh, pound white D-end at that, who's just manhandling everyone, whose motor never stops, and who can't be blocked. Sounds like a boaster to me. Um, I don't follow recruiting as deeply to know. Um, if Ohio State had any chance, I doubt it because his dad played at Michigan, but Michigan has their Bosa brother. Um, I'm not going to get into if he's as good or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I just know that he's very good and that he's most likely a top 15 pick. He had two and a half sacks yesterday against the Washington team. He was unblockable. Um, as an Ohio State fan, it would have been nice to get some pass rush. Um, I feel like the football gods are punishing us for being blessed with Bosa one, Bosa two, and then Chase Young back to back to back, as well as, you know, obviously other good defensive ends thrown in, Jonathan Cooper, all of those other players. So now we're kind of struggling, but that's not the point. Uh, Michigan wins 31 to 10 and they look good doing it. Honestly, um, their passing game is kind of uh, iffy. I should have pulled up the stats, but um, they had two running backs who um, they had two running backs who ran for over 150 yards, but they couldn't pass to save their life. Um, it's it's literally just like I don't I don't know if it's because they're not good at passing or they didn't feel the need to pass, but their stats were. Uh, Cade McNamara was seven for 15 for 44 yards. And they scored 31 points. Um, what is this guy's first name? Blake Corum ran 21 times for 171 yards and three touchdowns. And Hassan Haskins ran 27 times for 155 yards and one touchdown. They averaged 6.1 yards per carry as a team. That's good. Um, Ohio State obviously lost to Oregon, as we talked about. And Maryland put up 62 big ones against Howard. Um Playing a directional Michigan school is good for your health. Uh, playing a FCS school or HBCU is very good for your health. Um, obviously, with Maryland putting up 62 points. So that's really the breakdown of this week. Um, we're going to go to a really, really quick commercial break, and I'll be right back to preview next week's slate, which is very, very uh, big. I'm also adding a section um, this is what happens when your co-host leaves you. you just get to add stuff. I'm adding a section just where we uh, mention the ranked teams in the Big Ten because I think it's it's good to note who is ranked. So we'll run over that really quickly, and then we'll get to the pit stop. Uh, so with that, we're going to go to a real quick commercial break and be right back. All right, welcome back to the I-70 football show. I am your host, uh, Jordan Williams. I am podcasting alone. Dante's going to listen to this and be like, dang, how many times did he mention that? I'm not there. A lot. That's the number. The number is a lot because I'm jealous. I am. I'm not. I am not too much of a man to admit that I'm jealous, but it's okay. So. We are going to preview the next week's slate. The next week's slate is actually a pretty big slate in the Big Ten. Um, This is not a slight at Dante. This is just being honest. Um, I'm not going to go in as deep of a breakdown as we would with Dante just because um, there's not really the back and forth and the ability to really break down the game and and, and to ask the questions. You kind of know how we do this show, but I will try to give as much detail as possible um, because I don't want this to feel like a wasted show. Uh, I know we have people who really like this show and we really like doing it. So um, the big games, at least in my opinion, next week, there's a couple of them. The big game is Indiana versus Cincinnati and Penn State versus Auburn. Those are probably the two biggest games. We do have some other big-ish games. I say ish because the uh, the teams, the opponents are really good and ranked. The Big Ten teams playing them should be expected to lose. So we're going to start with those ones. We have Nebraska versus OU. Um, do I need to say anything about this game? I mean, I feel like I don't. I only brought it up because it is a big game. It is um, 
some sort of rivalry from when Nebraska was in the Pac-12. Um, Big 10, Big 12, Big 12. Nebraska was in the Big 12. I, you see, I, just, I was just going to go through every conference. ACC and X, SEC was next. This is some sort of rivalry game from when Nebraska was in the Big 12, although I don't believe this game has been played since 2010, and there has been rumors that Scott Frost was trying to uh, avoid this game which in my opinion, he probably should because they're probably going to get blown out. But uh, again, as an Ohio State fan, if you're listening to this, you want Oklahoma to lose. You also want them to lose bad because you have, quote unquote, a good loss. OU losing to Nebraska is not a good loss. Um, So while it's doubtful, this is still a game to pay attention to. Um, Oklahoma, I believe it was Tulane. Oklahoma did not look too good against Tulane. So anything can happen, right? The other anything-can-happen game is Purdue versus Notre Dame. As I mentioned, I'm low on Notre Dame, but this is not the game that I expect them to lose. But then again, Notre Dame went to overtime with a very bad Florida State team, and they just almost they just almost lost two um, as I try to waste time so I can pull up the exact right team that Notre Dame almost, oh, Toledo. I knew that. Remember in the beginning of this podcast, I said playing a Mac team is good for your health. Well, playing a Mac team is obviously not good for your health if you were this Notre Dame team because they needed a last minute touchdown to beat them. So, and they only scored 10 points. Let me make sure that's right. Let me make sure I'm not lying to you. Notre Dame. Oh, no, I'm tripping. I did lie to you. That is not the game where they only scored 10 points. Notre Dame beat Toledo 32-29. to um, So they scored more than 10 points, but they still almost lost, and they needed a last-minute touchdown. I think they scored with, like, a minute 30 left. It was literal last-minute touchdown. Um, and, I mean – they let Toledo score 29 points. So, sorry again, Ohio State fans. If you thought Marcus Freeman was the guy, and when I said they need to fire the entire defensive staff, you said maybe they should hire Marcus Freeman. I'm not sure that he's the guy either. Um, So, yeah. Purdue should be better than Toledo, I would imagine. There's a chance that they're better than Florida State, seeing that Florida State just lost to Jacksonville State. Um, Jacksonville State is not a good team. I'm pretty sure they're also not in Jacksonville. I'm pretty sure Jacksonville State is in either Mississippi or Alabama. Um, So losing to them is, you know, really not how you want to go out, especially if you are um, Florida State. They lost in a really really horrible way to yeah uh jacksonville state is an an fcs school in alabama they lost on a hail mary ish where really their dbs just didn't play football that's that's literally what happened if you didn't see the clip they just didn't play football a wide receiver catches a ball it was a great pass cool but the db was right there should have tackled him the db didn't make a play on the ball that's one issue he didn't tackle him. That's one. That's an issue number two. The safety came over the top. Didn't tackle him. He made literally like the the worst cut I've ever seen. Like it's like you know you're playing tag with like your nieces and nephews, and you can just do whatever. Like you can make the slowest cuts, and they still can't catch you. It really looked like that. I mean, he literally just kind of like boom, made a weird cut, and just walked into the end zone. They lost. So. Purdue should be better than the two teams, and they almost lost to them. So I'm saying that there's a chance. I don't expect it, but there's a chance. If Purdue wins, you heard it here first. You heard that Purdue had a chance to win. Um, Shout me out. So um, the other actual big games and the games that should actually be pretty good is Indiana versus Cincinnati. Now, who knows? That that may not be a good game as we expected because we thought Indiana was going to be better and they got blown out by Iowa, but dominated by Iowa. But Iowa's really good. Uh, I do expect Cincinnati to win, 
But as I wrote in my Big Thoughts article, this is a game that you want the Big Ten to win, as well as a lot of these games, because you want them to, uh, you want the strength of the Big Ten to be high, especially if you are Iowa or Ohio State. Um, Because if you win the Big Ten, or if you lose in the Big Ten championship game and you only have one loss, you want to be able to say your conference is so strong, you deserve to be a one-loss number four seed. The SEC hype train is already trying to do that with Georgia and Alabama, so why shouldn't the Big Ten do that as well? To do that, though, you have to win these games. As a conference, you have to win these games because it's going to give you more ranked teams, going to give you more strength of, strength of schedule, and when you beat said teams, it's going to make it look better. So I don't think Indiana will win, but Indiana needs to win this game. Um, the other one, and one of the the bigger ones, although it lost a little, little bit of stain, is Penn State versus Auburn. I've said before, either on this podcast or the Buckoff podcast, that Penn State and Auburn are the same exact team, literally the same exact team. Um, I feel like they're in the same situation. They're really talented. They occasionally play um, really close games against their pseudo-rival, although Auburn is actually Alabama's rival. Penn State is pseudo-Ohio State's rival. They play really good games against their rival, punch above um, their weight class and win some of those games. Other times they give a really big scare and lose. They can never get the quarterback situation figured out except when Auburn had Cam Newton. And they're really just, in my opinion, the same team. So Auburn comes to State College. Yes, Auburn comes to State College. This is going to be the whiteout game. Um, Big Ten fans are very familiar with the whiteout game. The atmosphere is nuts. It is very, very uh, cool if you are not the team that's playing them, but it's nuts. The stadium is all white. It's a night game. Everyone's there. They're loud. They're cheering. Uh, Speaking of one of the biggest stadiums, Penn State has the second biggest stadium. Or So uh, I, I saw this thing. And it was like the biggest stadiums, Michigan was number one, Penn State was number two, and Ohio State was number three. I don't know, in being honest, if those were the biggest stadiums nationally or if those were just the biggest stadiums in the Big Ten. What I do know is that with 105,000, 103,000, 102,000, those are most likely top 10 stadiums nationally. They're huge, and it is going to be packed. It is an SEC team coming to your stadium for a night game. Uh, It's going to be major. It is a ranked contest as well. Um, Penn State is... I should have written this down. I looked it up before, and then I just kind of hopped on here in the middle of watching the Browns game. Speaking of, the Browns are up against the Chiefs. I'm not sure if anyone would have had that. But uh, let's see. Penn State is number 10. Auburn's number 22. So that is a ranked game. It is the ABC um, night game at 730. Penn State is also favored to win that game. So that is big. Um, Maybe it ends up doesn't be as big as you think because maybe Auburn ends the season not ranked, but it's an SEC team nonetheless. That's a game that you want to win. I am actually predicting Penn State to win that game. I don't think Auburn's very good. I'm not saying I think Penn State's very good, but I do think that they will win. I am not a Bo Nix fan. Um, He's Sean Clifford with a better name and a better backstory because his dad played at Auburn, but they're essentially the same quarterback. So, there's that. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, oh, and then the, the other one, sorry, the other one is Michigan State versus Miami. That is another game where you think um, that's most likely going to be a blowout. Why am I even bringing it up? Well, Miami almost lost this week as well. Um, Miami, we already seen Miami get blown out by Alabama. Um, and then this week, as in 
two days ago from the time that you've heard this, Miami barely skates past Appalachian State and wins 25 to 23. Now, is Michigan State better than Appalachian State? I don't know. I'm not going to say that. But I'm just saying that in a normal instance, right, in a normal instance, you would think that these games are blowouts. You would think that Notre Dame, Miami, and OU is just going to dominate. But OU, a little bit less. But all of these teams have shown flaws. And all of these teams have played bad games with equal to or lesser teams than the Big Ten teams that they're going to play. So again, am I saying that Penn, uh, Michigan State's going to beat Miami? No, I'm not. But if they do, you heard it here first. You heard it that it was a possibility here first, especially because Michigan State uh, can play a brand of football that is similar. That is that is not that is not ACC football. Um, they can go down there. Kenneth Walker can have a really really big night, um, and you know, if he rushes for another one fifty, one seventy five, do they have a chance? Maybe. I'm not, I'm not predicting it, but you heard it here first. It is a possibility. So, um, the other games in the Big Ten, just for you to watch, um, Maryland versus Illinois, um, Iowa versus Kent State, OSU versus Tulsa. Uh, Michigan versus Northern Illinois, Minnesota versus Colorado, Purdue versus, oh, I already said that one, Purdue versus Notre Dame, Rutgers versus Delaware, Northwestern versus Duke, and Penn State versus Auburn. So this is a, a really interesting week because there is one Big Ten game. There is a couple bye games. Um, OSU and Iowa haven't had any bye games yet. They both played conference games and then ranked opponents, so they get their buy-in. And then there is some good out-of-conference games against tough ranked opponents. There's some other out-of-conference games against non-ranked opponents like Duke and Colorado. But this is a big week. I mean, I think the Big Ten plays every conference. They play the SEC. They play the Big 12. They play... They don't play the Pac-12, but they, no, is Colorado on the Pac-12? I don't know. This is Dante's fault that I don't know this. Blame Dante. Um, They play whatever conference Colorado's in. They play Duke, who's in the ACC. They play the SEC. Miami is also in the ACC. They play Cincinnati, Cincinnati, which is AAC, but soon to be Big 12. Um... I mean, this is a big week. You want to win these games. You want to win these out of conferences. You want to dominate other conference games. So we will see what happens. Um, And that's that. So on to our new segment where we just, you know, tell you what teams are ranked, which is not going to be a big thing. It's just I think it's good to talk about which teams are ranked because, you want to follow that, and you want to see how the Big Ten is. If you're listening to this podcast, you obviously care about the Big Ten, so why don't we tell you where teams stand? Iowa is ranked at number five. That is massive. Um, I mean, if you expect a, a Big Ten team to be top five, you expect it to be Ohio State, just being honest. Here's the thing. Ohio State comes in at number nine. Penn State is number 10. Wisconsin's number 18. If Iowa keeps winning, there's no reason to take them out of top five. If Ohio State gets back on track and then beats a top 10 Penn State and potentially a top 10 Wisconsin because Wisconsin plays Notre Dame and should beat them, I mean, you could have a potential top 10 Ohio State and a top 10 Iowa if they both win out, right? Because Iowa's going to stay ranked because they also play Wisconsin. Um Michigan is ranked. That's the other one at 25. I should have just ran down the list because now I'm going into narratives, but there's a potential for that Big Ten championship game to be a top five game. It could be number three Iowa versus number five Ohio State or number four Iowa versus like number six or seven Ohio State. That's a big game. That is major. That doesn't happen often in the Big Ten. So to actually just give you the list, Iowa's number five, Ohio State's number nine, Penn State's number 10, Wisconsin's number 18, and Michigan is number 25. So that is the ranked teams in the Big Ten 
as of today. Now, I did get these rankings off of ESPN, so that may not be 100% active. I got the rankings when I was looking at the games of what were coming up next week. So maybe the coaches poll or ex-media member or whatever is going to say differently. But these are the rankings according to ESPN. So as always, when you are on a road trip, what do you do? You pack a bag. You you travel. You take a pit stop, right? Uh, whether you need to use the bathroom, you need to stretch, you are fighting, uh, arguing, fighting, sleep, whatever it is, you pull off to the side of the road, have a pit stop. Uh, I am still going to do a pit stop. Um, my pit stop is going to be Dante left me alone. No, it's not. I'm sure you're tired of that. So my pit stop is actually, it was going to be Ohio State's defense. And then I just decided to give them a break. They haven't given my heart a break because they're terrible. Um, but I'm not going to do that. My pit stop is going to be the big 12. So um, the Big 12 has moved forward with expansion. It shouldn't have surprised anyone. They picked the team that anyone with a pulse that knows anything about football knew that they were going to pick. It was really the only options. Um, they picked Cincinnati. They picked BYU. They picked UCF and Houston. Actually, I lied. I just said anyone with the pulse, but not many people thought they were going to pick Houston. I, I think it would be interesting. I wish someone slightly older than me or someone who just interested would tell me why the Texas, the Big 12 doesn't like Houston. But essentially, from what I do know, is they were in the Southwest Conference, as were just about all of the Texas teams. And when the Big 12 was formed, they left Houston out. So I can see why Houston's unhappy, but I don't know why the Big 12 does not like Houston. Um, it was almost a guarantee that they selected Houston, essentially because when Texas left, the Texas, everything becomes political and the Texas lawmakers were not having it. And they were like, you know, they had a meeting with the Big 12 and they were like, what about Houston? Why is Houston not in the Big 12? Are you going to consider Houston for expansion? What are you doing? Um, you know, because a lot of the people in the Texas law have went to Houston and they don't like that their school is the little brother. So it wasn't a for sure thing that Houston was going to get the invite, but everyone in Texas expected Houston to get the invite and wanted Houston to get the invite, except maybe the Big 12 schools. I have heard that a part of it is because Houston is such a big recruiting area that when Houston is a lesser team, you can kind of flaunt that and say like, hey, we're power five, they're not. And now with Houston being power five and having that money, maybe it's a competitive thing. Outside of that, I'm not really sure. So they selected Houston, BYU, um, UCF, and Cincinnati. I think it's going to be good. Um, I mean, it's going to be the lesser of the Power Five conferences, especially if Oregon is as good as they're supposed to be and US, USC ever gets it together. Um, they're going to be on par with the Pac-12 uh, Pac for now because neither one of them really have Neither one of them have an Alabama, a Georgia, Ohio State, or a Clemson. They don't have that that top team. So, but it doesn't matter, right? They may not make as much money as everyone else. They whatever. It's going to be a fun conference to win. Um, everyone in that conference, it, everyone in that conference is going to have a chance to win the conference. It may be like the ACC Coastal, where a different team wins every year. It's going to be super competitive, and most importantly for them. Uh, they get to keep their power five status and the winner gets to go to the playoffs. And hey, that mean you know what that means? Cincinnati will be in the playoffs because Cincinnati is going to win that conference at some point. In my opinion, there's a chance that Cincinnati walks in as the best team in that conference. Um, and granted, they're not playing in that conference now, but Cincinnati is the number eight ranked team in the nation. Uh, with that, though, there is some proof that there are some teams who are good, go to a Power 5 conference, and struggle a little bit. That's already happened in the Big 12. Don't ask me to name the teams. I feel like Texas Tech was one of them. Uh, they had expansion in like 2011 or whenever. 
and some of those teams were really good before they went to the Big 12 and then struggled. So maybe Cincinnati will have to punch up and maybe they won't be good immediately, but I will bet something that Cincinnati wins a Big 12 championship before Oklahoma or Texas wins an SEC championship. And seeing that Texas just got beat up by Arkansas, Texas is not winning anything. Four and eight Texas is on the way. So, but hey, four and eight Texas at least gets to wear an SEC patch. Anyways, I think it's good that the Big 12 stuck together. Uh, I think it's good that they found a way. I think it's good for football. It's good for them. Um, Everyone talks about money, but here's the thing. As a fan, I don't understand why you care about money because they don't pay you. I love the Big 10. I don't really care how much they're making because they don't pay me. Maybe they'll like this podcast enough that they'll pay me, but I doubt it. So it doesn't matter how much money. It doesn't matter how many facilities and all this other kind of stuff. Like that doesn't affect fans. Um, It affects recruits, kind of. It doesn't affect anyone, really, but the players um, and the schools because they build fancy facilities and that kind of stuff. So I don't care that they're going to make less money. I just think it's good for football. So the thing If you're like me and you like all of football, meaning you care about the group of five, the thing to be mindful of is if the AAC chooses to expand because they're losing three teams, they're most likely going to have to. One thing that the AAC commissioner stated, uh, he was a little bit salty, and he said that this kind of proves my point that we should have been a power six conference because as soon as a power five, we should have. We should have been a yeah power six, meaning they wanted power five status, but if they would have had it, it would have been six and not five. I probably didn't need to explain that, but just saying power six didn't make sense to me because it's power five. They wanted to be on the same table, eating off the same plate as power five. They felt that they should have been that. They've been fighting for that distinction for a while. And he basically said, this proves that we should have been a power six conference because as soon as a power five conference needed to expand, they took three of our teams. Uh, I think he has a point. Um, Also, you know, if they have to expand again, are you telling me they're not going to consider Memphis and SMU? I mean, if you're going to expand, the teams that you want are probably in the AAC. So... I mean, relative want, because Texas and Oklahoma were out there. So um, as I start to wrap up, because now I'm just rambling, hashtag blame Dante, um, it would be mindful to watch what the AAC is going to do and if they are going to expand, maybe get an Appalachian State. There's a FCS team, maybe it's Robert Madison. I don't know. There's a really good FCS team who uh, supposedly teams are in talks with of them coming up to the Power Five that uh, they could look at. I mean, I don't know if they want to travel that far, but do they call up North Dakota State and say, hey, are you tired of being an FCS team? Do you want to come to the big boys? Um, I mean, there's there's some higher level uh, teams and lower level conferences than the AAC. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that. So that is my pit stop. Thank you for coming and listening to me talk to myself. I somehow talked for an hour. Good God. I do apologize if you didn't want to hear me talk to myself for an hour. Um, I, I think I understand how me and Dante talked for an hour and 45 minutes because I just talked for 50 minutes by myself. Anyways, um, thank you for traveling I-70 with us this week. If you enjoy this episode, leave a five-star review. Mention Dante and I. Um, You can find me on Twitter at JordanW330. You can find Dante on Twitter at DanteM10216. Yes, I know his Twitter handle better than he does. Uh, At Dante, hashtag blame Dante. He'll know what you're doing. Um, And thank you again. Uh, Talk to you next week.